Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Hello, kids. It's your Auntie Kath. Now, as you probably know by now, you might hear words like f- in this podcast. Oh, and that's one of my favourites. So, if you've got little ears around, you might want to listen another time. Or if you like, keep playing. They might just learn something. The little Esteemed deaf pals. Now, it turns out some of you have been complaining that these episodes aren't long enough. (laughs) Well then, you'll be dying to know that this isn't all of it, you wonderful twits. After you've finished hearing how your favourite guests are going to peg it, they join me over at Six Feet Under to read through your real-life death-related anecdotes. It's his most embarrassing moment ever. Hope you enjoyed that, Anthea. <laughs> Thanks, Anthea. <laughs> For just two ninety nine a month, you get all that and every episode completely ad-free. <sighs> the dream. So, as the Grim Reaper says, get on with it and subscribe. Head to where there's a will, there's wake.com for details. Right, let's get cracking. Hello, I'm Kathy Burke, and welcome to my loveless lair in the afterlife. It's a dating disaster zone where everyone's ghosting each other <laughs> because everyone is an actual ghost. And to be honest, relationships are more like relationships down here. <laughs> I have been giving the dating apps a go, though. Uh, We've got Bumble down here and Tinder, but I must say it's Unhinged that's been bringing all the boys to Berkey's yard. (laughs) Yep, I'm driving them crazy. (whistles) Anyway, welcome to... Where there's a will, there's a wake. While some podcasts talk about romance and love, I'll tell you what I love to talk about, how you snuff it. Whether you die of a broken heart or get beaten up by a small bear. Little callback to Bob Mortimer's episode there. The true fans will remember. Anyway, joining us today is an absolute doll. It's the very lovely, very talented... Hello, Dolly. Hello, Dolly. Dolly Alderton. Oh, I love that. Isn't that gorgeous? It's absolutely gorgeous. Mr and Mrs Rathbone, obviously, uh, love doing that one. We can tell, because uh, when you get a little bit of extra... Oh, did that was that a bit of a flourish on that one? Oh yeah, the hello Dolly. Oh, lovely. Which has uh, probably driven you mad over the years. It has. Has it? <laughs> it has. It has. It follows me round. Yes, yes. <laughs> so listen, it's very lovely to have you here. I know you've got a new novel coming out. Do you want to tell the listener a little bit about this new novel? Good material. Good material. It is a novel about heartbreak. Um, it is told from the perspective of a. 35-year-old male comedian who's trying to solve the mystery of his dead relationship. And what I found interesting, Dolly, because I'd read your other novel, Ghosts, which I I really loved. Um, thank you. But the male perspective, is this the first time you've written something from the male point of view? 
Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't want to write about another heartbroken woman. Uh huh. It's just too depressing. Yeah, yeah. And I think you know, I've always been so fascinated by men. I went to an all girls school. I've always found them weird and confusing and scary and exciting. And I've like never quite got over that. And I thought it was a good sort of investigative exercise to find out what happens on the other half of of heartbreak. Yeah. What What do those men go through? And I interviewed lots of men and did lots of research and it was a really interesting process. Well, I thought it was great, actually, because um, I never sort of... Uh, you never slip away from it. You know, I, I I was really sort of convinced that it that it was a guy that was telling us the story. Oh, great. So I think that's, that's good. That's a good achievement because it's, it's quite hard to write from, from the other point of view, you know. Do you know what I found easy about it is and maybe I'll be proved wrong when it comes out but I know that the when you're writing a, from a female point of view and you're particularly writing about emotion and the events of one's own own life that it's so the bank of goodwill is so in overdraft in with an audience that yeah. like every character I've ever created no matter how self-aware that character is and the decisions that she makes, a constant note that I'll get is, oh, she's not very likeable. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, I wonder with a male voice if I will have that. And by far, he is the most unlikable character I've written in yeah. that he's like self-pitying, he's quite immature, mm. um, he's self-obsessed. And every reader so far that has read it, the first thing they'll say is, I really fell in love with Auntie. Isn't that interesting, my yeah. God. Yeah, so I enjoyed that because I just felt like I could lean into the you know, fallibilities of a heartbroken person and yeah. not worried about not be worried about how likable they'll be. God, I thought he was a proper dick. <laughs> Which is why I liked it so much, do you know what I mean? Because I thought, oh, this is good, this is honest, do you know what I mean? Showing yeah. he is a fucking selfish arsehole <laughs> who hasn't really sort of taken into consideration, really, what, what his girlfriend is feeling, yeah. you know. Isn't that funny? Why are people such cunts about women, Dolly? <sighs> I know. It's a real fucking pain in the I, arse, I just actually. wish that people would stop being cunts to and about women. Yeah, yeah. It really is that simple. I'm really, really, really sick of it. <laughs> um, yes. First of all, I'm so unbelievably flattered and touched that you have watched and read my stuff and just not gone on my Wikipedia. Thank you so much. Oh, no. Do you know what? This is why I like doing this job, Dolly. It's it's because of the research more than anything. Yeah, I really I, and I, I I've surprised myself. I thought I'd do about ten episodes of this and then I'd be fucking bored and I wouldn't <laughs> want to do anymore. But it's the research. It's reading people's work and you know whether it's memoirs or or their novels or yeah. you know to me it's all it's all sort of part of it. And I'm yeah. getting paid to do this, so I think yeah. the least I could do. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He's no the fuck I'm talking with, you know. Anyway, well, I think we better get on with this uh, podcast, which is all about death. And before we get into the nitty-gritty details of how you pegged it, Dolly Alderton, <laughs> uh, we want to know... <laughs> so, what would your ideal Last Supper be? My favourite question. Mm. Um, I think that I would just 
normally when I'm asking people about their Last Supper, which I, is my favourite question to ask anyone when I'm getting to know them, I'm really stringent with the rules and it can't just be an all-you-can-eat buffet. Oh, right. But <laughs> I think it has to be a buffet. Oh, if it's, see, look at that. If it's the last one, yeah. I think I'm going to go for... It's going to be like a dim sum starter mm. with... Um, maybe we were talking about how much we both like gazpacho. Yeah. Maybe it's like a... Like a you can go cold water swimming in a huge pond of gazpacho. Ooh. Oh. So I can have as much gazpacho as I like. But just sort of drinking as you're drinking doing the Drinking as a... Stroke. Yeah, because I do like cold water swimming. Right. So it's, you know, I've got to get a lot, lot done in this last supper. And then I'm going to have, like, as like a cold shellfish bar, and it's going to be prawns and longestine and oysters and clams and whelks. And then we're going to go straight into the fish and chip course. Oh, man. This is uh, very good. Very greedy. Rounding off with the pasta. Wow. Yeah. So proper carb heavy. Carb heavy because... Yeah, why not? Why not? Because carbs make you sleepy. Who cares? Yes. Yes. So it's a perfect time to carb load. And what would be the pasta of choice? I think I would have maybe like a crab spaghetti. Oh, right. Nice. Nice. Well, we will make sure you get this uh, lovely, indulgent carb feast for your last supper. No Rennies needed. No Rennies needed, because you'll be dead. (laughs) (laughs) So now let's hear all about... The Death. So, how did it happen? It happened on the dance floor. (gasps) Died on the dance floor. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it is... I'm in my early 90s, and it is my, gra- maybe my grandson, I'm trying to work out if it would be great-grandson or grandson, I think it's my grandson's 21st birthday. Ah. And he is a beautiful young man. Mm-hmm. He is actually Timothy Chalamet, I've just decided. Oh, that is right, who nice, he is. yeah, yeah. And he is impeccably dressed, he's got lovely manners. And this, basically, the idea of this all came about, because I think about death all the time, always have done, obsessed with death, think about it every day. Right. And I'm constantly thinking about, you know, like, I'm always thinking about um, those death calculators you can do online. Oh, yes. Of, like, predicting when you're going to die. Yes. I'm, it's on the mind all the time. Wow. And I remember last year, me and my friend India went for dinner at um, the Wolseley, and next to us there was this woman who was so elegant. She, looked, she was, like, in her late 80s. She looked like sort of a Leslie Caron. Oh, nice. She looked like an aging yes. French film star. And she had this beautiful young man who was eating with her. Uh-huh. And she said, it's my birthday. She told us it's her birthday. She said, this is my uh, grandson. He's taking me out for a slice of Battenberg. <gasps> oh. And then Indra and I said to each other, we were like, at that point in life, would you just think, I've, I did it. I'm done. Yeah. It can't get better than that. Uh-huh. Everything I wanted to do, I've done. Yeah, yeah. So that's where I got this idea of like, I could just look around... And be like, everything I wanted to do, I did. And now I'm dancing to Chaka Khan. Ah, which Chaka Khan one? Uh, like Sugar. Oh, right, I don't know that, do oh, I? Oh, my God. Do I? I bet if you hummed it, I'd, I'd know it. It's, it's, a later, it's a later Chaka Khan, but it's ah. the best, dirtiest bass line you've ever heard in your life. Oh. It's so good. I wonder, uh, Goddess Katie, can, can we have a little blast? <laughs> Licensing reasons we cannot play this music. 
Oh, I know this. Oh, of course. Yeah, it's a good one to die to. I remember when I was uh, about 16 at the Anna Share Theatre and I was sort of new there and um, there were these young... And I, I'd been there about six months or something. I'd done a couple of little acting bits, but I wasn't, you know... I didn't think I was sort of... Anybody had taken much notice of me. And then two lads came out uh, and did a sort of song anyway and they did that... You know when it's Chaka Khan, let me rock you Chaka Khan. Yeah, yeah. Before I feel for you, that's it. Anyway, these two lads come out and we go, Kathy Burke, Kathy Burke, let me rock you Kathy Burke. (laughs) And I I mean, I nearly cried. I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, that's nice. I didn't know these boys knew, you know what I mean? Anyway, sorry. Oh, I would have died if that happened to me as a teenager. Oh, but anyway, on the dance floor. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful way to go, actually. And what's the public response to your death, Dolly? So I've decided for the exercise of this, I'm going to cast aside all modesty and people-pleasing. So, like, it will be... You know when, like, cabbies will say, oh, we can't take that route on Monday because of the because of Dolly's funeral? Yes. Rose will be closed. There'll be some live streams around the nation. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> in various, you know, like, town halls, village halls. Yeah. Um, yeah, big day, big day of mourning for everyone. But do you know what? I mean, by the time you're 90, you know, because you're very prolific as a writer, you know what I mean? You're, you're good, you've got a good work ethic. The ladies love you, Dolly. I, I saw um, a YouTube clip of uh, a Letters Live thing you did. Oh, yeah. And uh, I just loved it. There were lots of lovely men in the audience as well, but you were getting some good fucking cheers, babe, <laughs> you know? It was uh, very nice. I must have felt... Quite empowering, actually. Yeah, it it does. And actually, like, my audience has always been, and my readership has always been 97% women. Yeah. Um, and I just love that. I just I do, I do, just love women. They are my favourites. That's it. That's <laughs> I'm it. I'm happy. Well, the female friendship in um, Everything I Know About Love, it was so great. I, I, you know, I just found it very believable. And this is the way women and girls talk to each other. Yeah. Because a lot of the time it's sort of not quite the case, is it? You know. Um, yeah. I remember listening to an interview with you where you said female friendship has become, it wasn't as important when you were younger, it's become so important as you've got older. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So there'll be mass devastation. Mass devastation. The response to your death. The roads will be closed. Where do you want your death announced, though? I mean, I think... Probably the six o'clock news. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> no, where would I want it announced? Maybe it would be a town crier situation, specifically for my death. Oh, that's very good. Yeah, yeah. Because then it's severe, but it's also jolly. Uh-huh, And yes. nostalgic. Yeah, yeah. Maybe someone comes out of... Did the beef eaters come out? I'm totally making up the rules of London <laughs> history now. I think it will be some beef eaters coming out. Coming out of the Tower of London. Coming out of the Tower of London. And all, with the black ravens, yeah. they'll be uh, they'll be in mourning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah funny things, beef eaters, aren't they? Here's something weird. Go on. I've recently befriended Cherry Halliwell. Like you do. And because I interviewed her for uh-huh. the Sunday Times style, and um, she's got a book launch on Tuesday. Yeah. In the Tower of London. 
Wow. And the, the invitation is like the best sentence I've ever read. It's just like, a prompt arrival at seven o'clock for cocktails with the beef eaters. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Have you met her, Cathy? Well, look, I did meet her years ago because uh, myself and Dawn French and Jennifer Saunders, we did, we, we were the sugar lumps. Oh, of course. And so we did, who do you think you... And you were oh, sporty. I was sporty. Of I just remember I that. And uh, we, did it, we did it for comic relief. And we did um, a live... Well, it wasn't live. We didn't sing live. We were all miming, of course. Yeah. But we did a live on the night performance of yeah. it. And uh, so that was good fun. So it's quite interesting knocking about with the Spice Girls just before... They hit world domination. Yeah. It was just a couple of months before it just went wild in yeah. America. God, that's a piece of history that you're a part of. Yeah. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah, it was a very jolly time. Yeah. Um, and I remember Posh being very, Victoria Beckham, being very on the ball, asking, how much do you get when you do that? How really? much do you get when you do this? Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, there used to be a programme on called The Girly Show. Yeah, I remember. And Victoria said to me, have you done The Girly Show? And I said, no, no. I said, she said, did they ask? And I went, yeah. She went, how much did they offer? So whatever it was, I, I told her and she said, uh, we've been offered half than that, um, that we have to share, the five of us. And I was just gobsmacked and I went... I think you're with the wrong management. Mm, that's what I'm thinking. Well, that makes sense because when I interviewed Jerry, she said that her and Victoria were the parents of the group, that she was the mother and Victoria was the father. Victoria yes. was business. Yes, very brilliant business head. Yeah. And that's how they ran. That's how they, it was like a company that they ran, basically. Yeah. She's very tongue in cheek, I think. Really funny. She is, is she? all about, look at me talking about her like a fucking Noah. <laughs> I worked with her for 10 minutes, you know, 25 bloody years ago. But um, even though you want to peg it at 90, um, but if you were 90 now and you were about to peg it, who do you think would replace you? Do you know what? Something that I think about. Every time I'm writing a book, I don't know why I'm so maudlin. And then I actually get quite excited about the thought of what if I die before it comes out? Oh. Because then I know it will just get amazing reviews. Where did this sort of um, obsession with death come from, do you think? Don't know. Since I was a kid, it was... My mum kept this really sweet little book when me and my brother were little of all the like funny things that we said. Mm. And mine were always about death, God, Jesus... I think I went to a Catholic primary school, so I, I think the Catholics are quite deathy. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I just I'm so aware of time moving moving on, and and I'm so aware of not wasting time. Everything has more meaning for me, I think, for personally, because I know mm. if I didn't wasn't aware of that happening, I think that there would be less meaning in the things that I see and the decisions that I make. Right. Are you like that? Yeah, I mean, sort of. As I've got older, I mean, it is, I, I saw an old friend uh, the other day, and and as I was leaving, she said, um, "And you know, so and so said they would like to see you again." You know, and I went, "No," I said, "Look," I said, "Fuck knows how long we've got left," and uh, you know, send them my love and all that business, but I'm not asked about. You know, Kathy, I love that so much. <laughs> Because we do. We spend a lot of our time in the company of people that we don't fucking I like. I know. 
Why did we do that? That is going to be my... I already know that's going to be my, my biggest regret on my deathbed. Mm. That I would see people so I could... I, so that I wouldn't upset them or so that... I could keep something going that wasn't there. And actually, you're right. Like, my accountant does this thing that I think is really smart mm. to scare me. Oh, yeah. Where he doesn't talk in years, he talks in months. So he was talking to me about pensions, and I was just not taking my pension seriously. Yeah. And he said to me, look, in 240 months, you're going to be 55. <laughs> That's brilliant. And I said, whoa, don't talk to me like that. And he said, it's the only way I can get through to you. Yeah. Because he thinks in months, months is paychecks, months is, well, you know. Yeah, so yeah. he, and actually, when you think of life like that, yeah. like I remember once thinking, this is when I wish I wasn't preoccupied with death because I do a lot of these sort of calculations. I remember thinking, God, there's so many books I want to read mm. and I don't get to read them because I'm always sitting in the pub with people I don't want to see. <laughs> so what, how, how am I going to get through them all? And I remember thinking, right, if I read one book a month and there's 12 months and I live to 85 and I calculate how many books, it's not that many books. Oh, really? You've got to think about who are the people you want to see, what are the books you want to read. Yes. Because it doesn't last forever. Don't go anywhere, we'll be back after this short break. Oh, Goddess Charlie, are you feeling all right? No, Cathy, I feel awful. I'm riddled with virus. Oh, well, get out of this booth. I'm already full of lurgy. I don't want to get another one. Oh, no, not like that. I'm fit as a fiddle, fresh as a daisy, strong as an ox. I get it, goddess. What's up, then? I'm exposed. I'm vulnerable, Cathy. My computer's been hacked. Oh, goddess, what were you thinking? Didn't your parents teach you about protection? I know, I know. But I've done my research and there is help out there. Have you heard of NordVPN? They're the Batman, the Luther of cybercrime. Ooh, that does sound attractive. But I'm not one of those tech-savvy types. I bet it's the right faff to get it set up. No, it's just one click on the NordVPN app and you're protected. Your computer condom is on. Hurrah! Exactly. Their threat protection feature shields your devices from viruses, malicious malware and phishing sites. Also, one NordVPN account can be used on up to six devices. Plus, you can get access to streaming services in other regions. Lovely. I bet that costs a pretty penny. Note all that for the price of a cup of coffee per month. Blimey. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash where there's a will. Our link will also give you four extra months plus a bonus gift. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll help support our podcast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. The Funeral 
So, folks, before we get into hearing all about Dolly's delightful funeral, let me remind you that the fun doesn't stop here. Hit subscribe for access to our bonus podcast, Six Feet Under, where we keep our guests with us a little bit longer and look at all of your brilliant deathly tales. Yes, that's the change, isn't it, when uh, you no longer want the toys and you're like, oh, hang on a minute, could I just have the money? Yeah, 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 (laughs) literally. Plus, you get every episode completely ad-free, including these main ones. Lovely. More Berkey for your buck. What's not to love? So, to find out how to subscribe, just go to where there's a will, there's a com. Okay, so back to this fantasy world, Dolly. Yeah. The time the planet is over, and now it's the big day of the funeral. So, what are we having? I mean, I'm sure you've thought about this a lot over the years. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say, actually, one of the most embarrassing moments of my life was when I had, like, a funeral... I had a notebook that had a lot of like details in about my funeral and the music and uh. I was 25 so I had no real possessions but who I left my you know <laughs> shoes to and books to or whatever and um uh all the all the readings that I'd like and it was quite detailed left it in a cab <gasps> oh and this was pre uber so I had to ring the cab company wow and I said I left a I left a book you know they do that thing where they're like well can, can you what's in the what's in the book I'm like, um, so there's a list of Joni Mitchell songs on those. Like, so is that here saying procession music? Um, yeah, so... <laughs> well, I mean, they could have thought, or you could have given them the impression, you know, yes, it's my funeral plans, I'm, I'm, I'm dying. Oh, I should have done that. You know, when you're 25, you don't, you no, don't think like that. No, you know? you're just all... I was just so embarrassed. But that is... Uh, yeah, no, I think about it a lot. And I think about it a lot with... Everyone that I love, mm. I think about what that day will be like and what I'd like to read and what the... Are you one of these like. people, I'm a bit like this, what do they call it? Um, Catastrophising? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, you know, I mean, fucking hell, if a mate's getting on a plane... I know. I do imagine what it would be like if that plane crashed. Yeah. You know, as well as myself if I get mm. on a plane. You know, mm. you go through... I think that's a natural thing. You go through all the sort of outcome scenarios. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I've started to sort of say out loud, stop yeah. thinking like that. Why are you thinking like that? Yeah. But on the flip side of that, because I really do think like that, but that comes with something really bright and shiny for me as well, which is my propensity for massive fantasy. Right. So just as much as I think every time someone gets on a plane, the plane's going to crash, I also think every time I go to a gig, they're going to walk down, see me, walk down through the crowd, grab me and take me up onto the stage. <laughs> so it's like I kind of don't want to lose all of it. Yes. You know, no. I think it's like just uh, it's like an imagination for, for ex- the possibility of extremity in all cases. Oh, do you know what? That's brilliant, Dolly. I hadn't really thought of it like that. And now I'm thinking, oh, my God, yeah, because, you know, I go off on a fantasy trip. I'm a bit like, you know, Keith Waterhouse's Billy Liar sometimes. And I imagine, you know what I mean, that I've saved people's lives. I love doing that one, yeah. What the fuck is that I love saving the life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, saving the life I I do when I'm waiting, like, for a bus late at night. Yes. And then someone's attacked next to me. Uh And then I wrestle them to the ground and I'm sitting on top of them and then it's oh yeah. it's front page of the Camden New Journal. <laughs> Brilliant. And then we're offered we're offered um 
like you know, like Pride of Britain award. So we're offered some sort of award, but we're so humble about it. We're like, come on, it's just what anyone would do. <laughs> That's that. I love that one. Oh, I love that as well. <laughs> that you're actually going to get an award, and but you would turn it down because you know that's not the reason for, uh, for being a lifesaver and a, a hero, a heroine. So, where's this funeral going to be? So, I love churches. Mm-hmm. Don't like religion. Love churches. So, I'd be. It would be in. Westminster Abbey or St Paul's Cathedral I just love huge beautiful big churches love the smell of churches Mm. they've got good PR churches they've got the good bells and whistles I see why they get so many people in yes I just I feel so good in a church Uh do you have that? Not really. Do you have you have an actual Catholic background though? Don't yes. You? Yeah. yeah. See, I don't. I think maybe mine's like a bit of a. It, it's like a bit of a novelty. I think. Oh right. Yeah. But places like that, like St Paul's and Westminster Abbey. I mean, yes. Then the 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 splendour of those places. Yeah. Tell us about the coffin. What do you think the coffin's going to be like? Rhinestones. Oh, nice. Yeah. Real like nineteen eighties Dolly Parton stuff. Oh, yeah. And then I thought, you know, with the the flowers that spell out the name? Yeah. Instead of flowers, I want massive, um, massive letters, so it will be loads and loads of packets of scampi fries. Oh! (laughs) And it will be everyone during the service can come up and just rip off rip oh, off a bag to have a snack and what, during and the what service. will it reveal under the bag because you know in the olden days it, was, it would reveal a nice lady in a bikini yeah yeah maybe it would be me in a bikini at 90 that's what it would ah, be that, what a treat yeah that's what it would be so you like a scampi fry do you cannot get enough really love them and I tell you what I mourn speaking of death every day is the cheese moment do you remember those? Cheese moment? No, I don't. So it was the scampi fry, the cheese moment, and then the bacon fries. Oh, right. And the cheese moment has just fallen out of favour. Oh. It was like a, the same texture as the scampi fry, but it had like a sort of, like a cheek cold cheese pate in the middle of it. Oh, do you know what? That's ringing a bell. Yeah. That's ringing a it's bell. It's really good, but what do you have as a pub snack? Well, I don't really go to pubs anymore. I'm not really... I sort of stopped going to pubs when they banned smoking. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so I just wheezed. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just had a little wheeze as <laughs> I said that. But, um, well, actually, I mean, I stopped drinking uh, back in the 90s for a bit. So so I sort of went off pubs a little bit, way before the smoking ban. So um, what about your pallbearers? Um, all members of One Direction. Oh, very good. How yeah. many of them, though? I think it's five of them. Well, you need an extra fella, then. You'll need an extra. Timothy Chalamet. T- 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 Timothy Chalamet, yeah. And there will be a single tear on the cheek of Harry and Timothy. <laughs> and then later reports of a punch-up at the funeral. And it will really? never be it will never be explicitly expressed why. Oh. I think everyone will know why. Yeah, it's a little bit of a uh, little bit of jealousy, a little bit of rivalry. Well, let's just leave it there. Just maybe there's some stuff in the past. Ah, uh-huh. great. So we've got the whole of One Direction as Paul Bearers plus Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. Is there anyone um, not invited though? Anyone you don't yeah. want there? Yeah. So something that people don't know about me unless they're close to me is I am the pettiest bitch. Great. In the world. Yeah, yeah. I, love I that. cannot let go of things. But my funeral. Fuck it. I'm going to be the pettiest bitch, and everyone is going to be invited, other than just like twenty people who were mean to me. 
fabulous. I can't wait. I love that. Yeah. I think that's good. Um, I mean, we don't like Morrissey anymore because he's a racist wanker. Yeah. Um, but I do like his line from one of his songs, Beware, beware I hold more grudges than yes. lonely high court judges. He was so good. Why did he turn out to be such a twat? Oh, that's what happens, I'm afraid, yeah. sometimes. Well, you know, you just, um, you know, we idolise these people and think they would agree with everything I say. And, mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But then, you know, people are three-dimensional and, you know, and you get to know what they really think about life and it's just always a bit of a disappointment, isn't it? Anyway. Anyway, he won't be invited. He's not in fucking invited. <laughs> Morrissey, he can fuck off. So, music. Well, we've had a bit of Chaka Khan, haven't mm-hmm. we? So, well, that's who you're going to die to. Yeah. Is Chaka Khan. So what music do you want playing at the funeral? I love tribute bands. Oh, yeah. I'm upset. Like, I actively seek out tribute bands. There's a great pub in Putney called The Half Moon that you can just go and see, like, Fleetwood back. <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, all these, like, terrible pun band names. So just, there's something so joyful and hopeful and uncool about a tribute band, which are, like, all adjectives that I would describe to myself. And I just, I would want, it would be a series of, like, tribute band. It would be like a Velvet Underground tribute band and then an ABBA tribute band. So they would do they would do the beginning. Yeah. And then at the end is a surprise when the casket's been taken out, rhinestone casket's been taken out and everyone's taking their scampi fries off. Um, Jarvis Cocker would appear. Oh, lovely Jarvis. And he'd sing Disco 3000 because I just think what it's that is such a joyful song. The opening of that is the best opening of a pop song ever. Uh-huh. And everyone just get out of the pews and start dancing. I just think it'd be so great. Oh, it sounds fabulous. I think this is the first time I've thought, oh, I want to be at this one. So now, so we need we need a eulogy at this service. Have you have you got somebody to do this for us, Dolly? So this eulogy is my friend Caroline O'Donoghue, uh-huh. who's a great talker. She does her own podcast. She's a writer. She's written loads of books. And uh, I asked her to write this eulogy yesterday when she was uh, in in the in the business class lounge of an airport. She's never flown business before, so she was particularly excited. So I think the eulogy wasn't quite the most important thing on her mind. I think she was thinking of like the free food in the lounge. Anyway, so she went to the she went to the bog and recorded it. How lovely. Here we go. <laughs> it is my great honor to deliver the eulogy of Dolly Alderton from the women's toilets of Heathrow Terminal 4, uh, which feels fitting because God knows she loved to travel. Uh, As you all know, Dolly died, uh, very unfortunately as she lived, which is from the severe overconsumption of Saltimillar crisps, uh, M&S Cornichons and Pirello olives. Uh, In fact, the coroner's report, which I believe has gone viral on the Daily Mail, sidebar of shame, Uh, has said that Dolly's insides were so pickled, salted and dried from her diet that she's actually considered a Michelin star meal in certain parts of Scandinavia. Uh, What can I say about my friend Dolly? We all know about her kindness and her generosity. Uh, In fact, I have a pair of gold Terry de Havilland sandals in my wardrobe that I've had for about 10 months and she hasn't asked for back once, even though I know she loves them. Uh, And I think probably if I think about all the 
skin that have come off my feet are genetically my shoes now, possibly. We'll leave it to the uh, to the will reading to decide that. Um, of everyone, anyone I've ever met in my entire life, there is no one who's as good at chatter as Dolly Alderton. That girl can some, chat some absolute breeze. <laughs> uh, she can make a meal out of nothing. It is fantastic. I will miss it very, very dearly now that she's gone. To have nobody talk talk to you about my favourite uh, airports. My favourite cooking utensils, <laughs> favourite spreads, uh, what kind of butters I like. There is just absolutely nobody who can wring a conversation dry like, uh, like my friend Dolly Alderton, who's so recently deceased. What else can I say about Dolly? Oh, cleaners are here. Can't say more. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> and I think that's how it will happen on the day because she will be so the most famous writer in the world at that point. Uh-huh. I think she'll deliver the eulogy via live stream in the like Emirates Lounge <laughs> on the way to on another book tour. Oh, that's wonderful. Wonderful. Great. Thank you very much, Lauren. So, we're coming to the end of the main service and I've got a big question for you now, Dolly. Buried or cremated? Which is it? Cremated for me. Go on. I just like the idea of being one with nature. I like the the idea of being buried spooks me. Mm -hmm. I like the idea of existing as a soul and a memory and not existing. You know, you worry so much about your physical self throughout in a lifetime, whether it's yeah, you know, in aesthetic ways or shallow ways, or we're worrying about health, or mm. you're tired, or you've got a headache. Or you t- I just I like the idea of being totally unburdened of any sort of physical presence and just being out at sea. I think that's great. Actually, that's a really interesting um, way of putting it. You know, because it is true. We do, especially as women. Yeah, we're constantly worrying or told we should be worrying mm. about uh, what we look like and stuff and and for that to all be completely gone yeah it's like this is why i love doing podcasts for so many years is that you're just this free floating voice mm-hmm. and that's the best bit of me like my brain and my heart and my sense of humor it's just the best bit of all of us yes and that's what i loved so much about the audio working in audio for so long is that that's how people knew me is they'd recognise my voice for yeah, a while rather yeah. than they'd recognise my face and I just imagine just being a forever podcast basically I just I mean yeah I well, exist as a, as a as a brain in a thought rather than a thing and uh, well you're not going to have a gravestone because you're not going to be buried yeah so, so we'll get you a, a nice plaque lovely so, so would you want something written on a a plaque, do you think? Well, come as no surprise to you that I'd like quite a few plaques. I was <laughs> great. <laughs> I was like, so I think when you write a memoir, I was 28 when I wrote my memoir, mm. and you are in danger of sort of mythologizing your life. That's what happens when you write anything autobiographical. I think you knock the edges off things and things become neater than they were. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I would like a plaque where everything bad happened to me in London. Terrible date, lost a job, row with a with my mum, like all the and I would and I want it. This is where and you could do a walking tour of like these were Dolly's worst days in London. That's a brilliant idea. I just think people want to know about 
the bad stuff as well. Yes, yes. And that's the stuff that's always missed out in your writing, really, in terms of just the small drudgery of life. Mm. This is where her Sainsbury's bag split open yes. on Camden Road, or this uh-huh. is where, you know, all those, like... Small shitty moments of life. That's I'd have just the little blue plaques. Oh, I think that's wonderful. But can you imagine if if we all had that? Yeah. I mean, that would be quite sweet, actually, because then the entire place would just be covered in blue plaques. I know. Well, I did because I love those blue plaques so much. They're just like one of my favourite bits of London. Mm. And I did think, imagine if it wasn't just for people with life of people who had these lives of no but people just everyday people who had still had extraordinary lives and the things that happened to them remember once having a fantasy of like you know in Porto in Portugal where all the houses are blue and white tiles oh my goodness yes and imagine if that was London if it was just all these heritage plaques of just everyone who'd lived there it'd be kind of amazing wouldn't it You've got to work out where you want yours to be because there's definitely one of you. Do you reckon? And if if the cabbies are in charge of it. (laughs) Well, maybe it should be outside a little cab hut. (laughs) You know, they have their huts, you know. Um, Yeah. Because, yeah, I do do sort of whiz about the place in two... I've got two black cab friends. Oh, have you? Yeah, yeah. So they're the ones that drive me around the place, really. Um, Right, so now we move on to... The wheel and the wake. Big, big party. Go on. It's yeah. a beautiful, it's a beautiful September day, so it's not too hot. Clear, starry night. Uh-huh. It's gonna be outside. There's gonna be um f- food vans, but only serving the stuff that I like. And again, I'm just I'm not accommodating people anymore. If they don't like it, they can just go to the Tesco and get what they want and come back. That's it. Yeah. Really not going to care at all. I'm just going to have two drinks, mm. champagne and Guinness. Nice. And if you don't like it, again, go to Tesco. <laughs> it feels so good to try out what it would be like yeah, to yeah. be one of those people. Uh-huh. Instead of being like, can everyone send me their dietaries? And of course I will accommodate all that stuff. Mm. I've just spent my life, and I, I'm pleased that I'm a person that's like that. I like, you know, I like trying to be a thoughtful person, but I'd love to just not be thoughtful. Yes. At my own wake. Mm. Um and yeah, it would be more tribute bands, I think. One-off performance from One Direction. Um, if we can tear Harry away from Kathy Burke. Yes. Um, and I just want disco music. Disco and Motown, I just think it's the music that makes people happy. Yes. And then, at that point, I want little silver trays to come out with pre-prepared, and there's no pressure if you don't want to, uh-huh. but pre-prepared bombs of MDMA. Wonderful. High quality, very high quality. And absolutely no other drug allowed at the party. Or if you want another drug, just go to Tesco's. Or just go to Tesco. Somebody knocking about outside the Camden Tesco, I'm sure, to sell you something, maybe something a little bit spicier. <laughs> That's what I'll have you say on the mic before the silver platters come out. Because I just think that that is the drug that is like very occasionally, if you're dancing. Uh-huh. It's just a love drug. It's just like everyone's going to be floating. No one turns into a dickhead. If people are drinking until 5am, they'll turn into a dickhead. Yes. If people take cocaine, they're going to turn into total dickheads. Yeah. If people take gummies, they're not going to be all smoke weed. They're not going to care that they're at my funeral. Yeah, yeah. Give them all a tiny sprinkling of high-quality MTMA. They're going to be full of love and joy. Beautiful. Dancing under the stars. Absolutely. We, we shall make sure that that happens. <laughs> Don't go anywhere We'll be back After this short break 
Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian Pigeon Mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Right, so you've been officially laid to rest, but reincarnation? Animal, vegetable, or mineral? I would like to come back as my own pet cat. Oh, right, nice. Goldie Horn is her name. Nice. And she is the most pampered pet in the world. Uh-huh. She's never known a moment's discomfort in her life. She is hand-fed. She only eats it out of the palm. Uh, poached chicken breast. Wow. Um, and tins of tuna. She um, she has, like... She's so specific with the things that she enjoys and doesn't enjoy, and it's my life's mission to just work out everything that makes her as happy and comfortable as possible. She has... It's not her iPad... <laughs> It's my iPad. Yeah. But in, in my flat, it has a shorthand of it is Goldie's iPad because there's a game on it that she likes where she hits fish with her little paw. Um, so she just has a very nice life, Kathy. She sounds like she has the fucking best <laughs> life, really. My God. So I'd like to come back as Goldie. Uh-huh. And she's just so cute. She's so, so sweet. But yeah. she doesn't know how sweet she is. Oh, that's the best type of cat. Yeah. yeah. So she's just kind of smothered in love by everyone who comes into my flat, but she doesn't really know why. Uh-huh. She's just a joyful little thing, and I think she has a very nice life, so I'd like to come back as her. Well, I'm not, because I, I had two cats as well. I was on the phone to, who I think you know, lovely Roisin Connery. Oh, yeah. And I was on the phone to Roisin Connery, and uh, as we were chatting on, um, her dog came into the room. So Roisin's just sort of chatting away like that, and then she's like, hello, darling, hello, darling, are you all right? Have you had a nice day? And uh, and I said to Roisin, now, if my dog Shenanigans was still alive, and we were on the phone, and I was chatting away, and she walked in, all you'd hear me say is just, all right. <laughs> because, <laughs> all right. Because <laughs> right. that's how I talk to my animals. I just talk to them sort of normally. As you would. Yeah. Yes, yes, which which people found That is really very funny. Fun. That is yeah, really, yeah. really funny. <laughs> but they listened as well. Yeah. You know, you just, when the cats come in, it's like, no, it's too early to come in, your dinner's not ready yet, and they just turn around and walk back <laughs> out again. <laughs> what are you doing now? Get out. Oh, there you go. <laughs> So now your soul has uh, left mm. and you're up at the pearly gates. Who would you who would you like to greet you there at the pearly gates? So I'd like my favourite director, Nora Ephron, oh, to visit yeah. me. Yes. Um, and she would say, 
welcome. She'd be wearing her black turtleneck. She'd have a cup of coffee for me. She'd say, welcome, come in. I'm going to take you into the screening room. And then we're going to go into the most gorgeous, luxurious, like, cinema room, just me and her, where we have, we can get any snack we want from the menu, get any drink, It's we've got blankets, it's so comfy and cosy. And then she says, right, we're going to watch this movie and I'm going to give you the director's commentary. And it starts at the day I was born. And we watched the film of my life. Amazing. And she gives me all the notes, like, that was the wrong boyfriend, you did the wrong casting there. That was, you know, that job was important for the plot, but it wasn't, you know, good for you as a character. And and she talks me through as a kind of mentor and friend every decision that I made, every frame of my life. I think that's fucking brilliant. I think it's quite brilliant, isn't it? It's a fantastic idea. Thanks. So, now some little uh, final death admin. Let's talk wills. Yeah. What you got and who's getting it? So the main thing that I have a huge volume of is uh, books yes. and clothes. Love clothes, love shoes. So the books are going to go to my friend Pandora Sykes, who I co-hosted The Hilo with, because she is the most voracious reader of anyone I know, so she'll really appreciate those. So she's going to get all my books. And then my clothes, I thought that I could donate to not only one of my favourite programmes of all time, but... It's been a sort of inspiration in the way I dress and live my life. And that's the costume department of Stars in Their Eyes. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, because I just feel like I'm quite a thematic dresser. Uh And I feel like, you know, when I'm going through, like, the lot, every time I go through a breakup, it goes very early years, Elton John. Right. It's a lot of sequins. It's a lot of feathers. Uh And then when I'm writing, it's very, like, um, like... Nora Batty, like big cardigans. and So I just feel like there's a costume for everyone in yes. my wardrobe. Yeah. And I would just love it. I don't even know if Stars and Rise is still going. I don't, they revived it for a while. I don't think it's still going. But I think I would petition for it to come back <laughs> simply so I could donate all my clothes to the costume department. And what does today's outfit tell us? Today's outfit, I'm wearing jeans and a mm. band T-shirt. I'm wearing a Cure band t-shirt you know there's that that theory that what you thought was cool when you were 15 is kind of what you think is cool forever yeah deep down you're always just going to want to dress how you want to dress when you're 15 for me it was just like band t-shirts and jeans Uh, yes yes i think i'd look at a bit of a tick because i was a skinhead yeah you were a punk (laughs) weren't you (laughs) yeah i mean i looked like a twit then i'd look even more of a big twit now you know so Lovely Dolly, it's nearly time to send you off to the afterlife. But before we release your spirit for all eternity, we need you to leave one final thing on the planet. So what are your... Famous last words. The last words are said to the DJ, and they are, do you have like sugar by Chaka Khan? (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Well, guys... I think that's it with lovely Dolly. But, but, but she is going to stick around because over on our subscription podcast, Six Feet Under, we're going to hear your brilliant emails. So head to where there's a will, there's a wait dot com to subscribe. Thank you so much again for joining us today, lovely Dolly. I've loved it, Kathy. Oh, she, she's Thank going. You. Is she going? Oh, she's gone. You've been listening to Where There's a Will, There's a Wake with me, Kathy Burke. 
My senior producers are Katie Bowden and Charlie Morell. And my producer is Naya Dio, or as I like to call them, my goddesses. Sound engineer is Ed Gill. The production coordinator is Lily Hambly. Marketing by Emily Webb and Kieran Lancini. Original music written and performed by Jonathan Rathbone. And the executive producer is Ollie Wilson. <laughs>